Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So today's episode, we, you know, of, of course, we talk about hormones all day, all the time. You know, it's all about hormones. That's what we do. And I, you know, you and I have talked about this a couple of times, and I think you've noticed a change in your clientele base over the years, right? In the beginning, it was mostly women that were dealing with menopausal stuff. And then the clients that have been coming in, you know, fairly recently has shifted a little bit. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk about kind of in general, because there may be still kind of a misunderstanding of who really is a candidate for BHRT, that it's not really just menopausal women, right? There's lots of other possibilities, what BHRT entails, and who can actually benefit from taking it. Yeah, so BHRT, you know, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is... When people think of that, they think of menopausal females, you know, they're going to take their estrogen and progesterone and get rid of their hot flashes, which you can absolutely do. And that's probably, you know, my 13 years of practice, geez, 14 years of practice. That's probably what I started with really was menopausal females are having hot flashes, a symptom of menopause and, you know, night sweats, their libido's gone, their skin is changing, their hair is falling out. But, you know, what I found probably and maybe like the last seven years is, you know, BHRT encompasses so many other hormonal imbalances, not just menopause. And I think, you know, we're as, you know, listeners and patients and, and people is we're kind of starting to become our own health advocates. So now people are doing their own research and they're looking into things and, and truly, you know, BHRT is not just meant for menopausal females. It's also meant for pretty much males and females of all ages. Now, it's very interesting because you and I were in school in the early part. We started at Bastyr at the same time. We started in 1999. And then in while we were still in school, in 2001, the kind of pivotal women's health initiative study was published. I think it, the research was done out of Ohio State or something. And this is where they actually stopped the study early. Of course, you and I understand the research. We read the research. You know, we've heard about this all the time from the conferences we go to. The you know, general public probably doesn't read research, thank God, because it's really boring sometimes. But that study that was canceled because of the fact that they found that women were having an increased risk to cardiovascular disease and an increased risk of cancer. So Almost literally overnight, you and I were in our clinical rotations at the time, literally overnight, women were stopping their hormones. And then within a matter of days, they were left with really no options, right? They are miserable going through all the menopausal symptoms because that's what hormone replacement was back then. You know, and we're only talking not even two decades. We're only talking, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, that it was predominantly a menopausal woman's issue at that point. Women stop their hormones literally overnight. Doctors stop prescribing it literally overnight. And that's really where the bioidentical hormone movement really kind of took, kind of gained a lot of momentum because women were left with nothing and they were forced to kind of find some options. And they found doctors that were doing bioidentical hormone replacement. And I'm sure you would agree it's kind of exploded ever since. Yeah. Thank goodness they 
BHRT is so well known because it's definitely a much better way of treating somebody with hormonal imbalance than doing Premarin or Prempro. I mean, that stuff is terrible. But you think, you know, I've had women that they go to their doctor and, you know, several years ago, but they'll go to their doctor trying to get their prescription of their hormones because, yeah, women hear about these studies, but coming off their hormones, they feel awful. So they're like, it's a quality of life thing. I'll take my hormones, but the doctors won't prescribe it. And they don't even wean them off of the hormones. They just say, nope, you can't have them. And you basically go from this almost synthetic equine estrogen, not bioidentical, but these, you know, synthetic hormones that are so high in your system to absolutely nothing. I mean, I've had women that have been suicidal because of that, because they went from something to nothing without weaning down. So it's definitely, you know, you don't want to take that conventional synthetic hormone replacement, but yeah, the BHRT is definitely the way to go. And it, like you said, it's exploded. Yeah. Right. So now of course, with the internet, even then, even in the early parts of 2000, the internet was still kind of in its infancy, right? You know, the internet I think is what, like not even barely 20 years old. So at that point in the early part of the of this century, the 21st century, there wasn't really a lot of information, but as the internet has grown, there's lots of information. Now women are realizing, you know, because it's always women drive the world when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? Because they have problems, they have issues, they don't find the answers, they keep searching until they find the answers. And now it has kind of spread out across the different decades and women are realizing that they can get relief from some of their problems besides just, you know, birth control and surgical procedures. Or even other conventional medications. Cause like I was saying, it's not just for the menopausal female, you know, we do lots of different kinds of natural and bioidentical synthetically made hormones for thyroid which isn't, you know, estrogen and progesterone for people with hypothyroid. So they don't have to take the Synthroid and the Levoxyl. So, you know, that's one way that BHRT can help the thyroid patient. Right. Yeah. And that could be a male, female, that could be someone in their twenties, could be someone in their fifties, everyone in between. And that's a lot of potential people, but I think there's a little bit of a a misunderstanding that thyroid would not be considered BHRT, but you and I would definitely consider it BHRT because you're providing a hormone that is exactly chemically identical to what your body naturally produces. That's great. That uh, provides a lot of potential benefit. And uh, it's just not a commercial prescription. Usually, usually it's in a compounded form. So you can't go to a CVS or Walgreens to be able to find a prescription like that. That's why your conventionally minded doctor is not really aware of BHRT and all the possibilities that are out there. And that's why we're talking about it. And that's why we always talk about it because this kind of a awareness needs to increase, even though a lot has happened over the last 15, 16 years, there's still a lot more awareness that needs to, it still needs to grow. Oh yeah, no, I'm excited for the future with, you know, not just BHRT, but just with functional medicine in itself. Cause it's now, you know, with the internet and with teachings and, and, you know, more education, people are going to have access to the kind of healthcare that they're actually looking for. So yeah, so BHRT is definitely somebody that's hypothyroid that has a thyroid condition. BHRT for them is their candidate. You know, they would be saying, Hey, I'm doing BHRT for my thyroid. And people might look at them cross-eyed, but we're hoping in a few years that they won't because they get it. Yeah, right. It'll just be kind of like the standard, maybe not ever be the standard of care necessarily, but it'll be a common enough practice when enough people are doing it. They are taking and consuming compounded prescriptions that are designed specifically for that patient 
those are all very good things. Where in some ways, some of the shifts that are happening in medicine, it's getting away from the cookie cutter revolving door approach and actually creating some, you know, some structure, some protocols, certain kind of standardization, but at the same time, also very customizable based on dose, based on medication type, based on dosage form. There's lots of things that can be done. So it gives doctors like you and I and it, a lots of tools and it gives the patient a lots of options as far as potential treatment, potential treatment options for them. And polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, is BHRT is works beautifully for that because traditionally polycystic ovarian syndrome has a whole bunch of symptoms that go with it, not just they have a whole bunch of cysts on their ovaries. I mean, there's infertility, there's insulin resistance, there's high blood pressure, there's hair loss, there's hair growth, there's acne, there's so many things to it. And traditionally all it was, was here, let me give you some birth control pills. And then you go on your way. And when that, that poor gal decides, you know, I want to get pregnant. What do they do? They have to come off their birth control pills and they're back to PCO, you know, having lots of cysts and that infertility. So what's so cool about the BHRT is you can work with somebody with PCOS, not early or any stage of, of their life with that and really get some really great effects to where you're actually balancing those hormones instead of just turning them off and, and putting them dormant until they can rear their ugly head again. Right, right, right. Yeah. Of course, we've already mentioned menopause. That's kind of where this all started. Perimenopause would be kind of that that next tier. Those are, you know, fairly similar as far as the symptoms that someone might experience. Then of course, there you, know, you mentioned men, you know, men can benefit from thyroid, men can benefit from testosterone. Some doctors actually give men progesterone, ironically enough, right? Like men, doctors will prescribe men progesterone, which I've never done that. Have you ever given a man a progesterone? No, I have not. And, and I know that it does happen. Like some doctors do that. It's not something that I'm a fan of, but that's- I think a, it depends on their condition. Yeah, right. Prostate. Yeah. It's not something- across the board that you would do, but it does, you know, there is a time and a place for things like that. But these are ideas and treatment options that people just really would never have think of, either a doctor or a patient. And then we're not even talking about some of the outlying things like oxytocin, which can be good for mood and libido. Growth hormone, of course, you hear a lot of the professional athletes are doing growth hormone that can also be put under this umbrella of BHRT that people can certainly benefit from. And believe it or not, even teenagers, young girls can be a candidate for BHRT. I have lots of girls that have just started to get their periods. And of course, when they're just going through, you know, puberty and they're getting their periods, their estrogen is okay, but their progesterone is non-existent because they're not quite ovulating. So they're getting two periods in a month or a period that lasts a long, long time, or they're missing periods. Doing a little progesterone or a little, you know, BHRT is really great to kind of balance that out for them just until their bodies kind of grow up with each other and and start to you know cycle on its own it's a great thing even for girls as young as 13 yeah right as opposed to just putting them on birth control right off the bat which happens more often than it probably should and like you said doesn't really solve anything it just creates a whole new set of problems now one of the rules of hormone replacement when we're talking female hormones anyways one of the rules of hormone replacement therapy is you never give a woman a menstrual woman unopposed actually any woman unopposed estrogen so if she's taking estrogen then you give them progesterone if she's menstruating she's not really a candidate for estrogens but she is absolutely a candidate just like the example you gave she's absolutely a candidate for progesterone so even that adolescent early puberty female, she's, you know, going through some really bad PMS or something. She's a perfect candidate, maybe a lower dose than what a menopausal woman might get of progesterone, but she would respond very well to something like that. And I guarantee you, that's not something that people would understand that she would be a candidate for quote unquote BHRT, right? Because she's 
in a different place in her life. But she, you know, we would both agree that she certainly is. Oh, absolutely. Even for acne and, you know, so before putting your teenager on Accutane, you can, you know, kind of look in to see if she's a candidate for BHRT because that can help too. There's a lot more than just menopausal females that can do BHRT. Like you said, men, men can do BHRT. Teenagers can do BHRT. I think probably I'd say in the last few years, I probably see more, I see less menopausal females. I mean, I, you know, I do see quite a few, but I see probably more lately of women in their thirties, women in their thirties, and they're having some hormonal imbalances. Cause as we've always talked about, it's not just about estrogen and progesterone. We've got the adrenal hormones that you've got to take into consideration, like the pregnenolone, DHEA, testosterone for females. You know, I probably see more women in their 30s, probably mid to late 30s, and we're trying to balance the adrenal glands along with their female hormones, along with their thyroid. Yeah, right. Yeah. And when you're talking adrenals, another thing that comes to mind is hydrocortisone, which is not exactly cortisol, but it's basically bioidentical cortisol, right? So now I think that the hydrocortisone side, to be perfectly honest, gets a little bit overblown. I don't think that it's as necessary in a lot of cases as you might read on the internet. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, you and I talk to people all the time, everybody has an adrenal problem, at least to some shape or form, because we live in a really stressful world. But the ones that are actually true candidates for hydrocortisone, I think is fairly small. But in a lot of cases, when they are a candidate after an evaluation, they do really well. But that's another idea or concept or a hormone or a possible prescription that wouldn't necessarily be classified as a bioidentical hormone replacement. So another thing to consider when you're trying to figure out certain things about your situation. So I guess you could say, you know, who's a candidate for BHRT? You know, it really depends on the person. It really depends on their goals, their acute goals, like what's going on right now. Are we looking at hair, libido, fatigue, their um, long-term goals? You know, you're looking at, a, you know, they have a strong family history of osteoporosis. They have a strong family history of cardiovascular disease or diabetes. And then it also kind of, you know, depends on their own personal history. But so then I would say with that said, I think, Everybody, you know, over the age of puberty and beyond could be a candidate for BHRT. Yeah, right. Like you wouldn't want to put a young girl that has not got her period yet, you wouldn't want to put her on hormones, right? Unless maybe, it were thyroid. Yeah, maybe thyroid, mm-hmm. you know, that certainly could be possible. Maybe in a situation, maybe you know, uh, hydrocortisone or something like that. But the other ones, the female hormones, not necessarily because her body is not producing it. So those options are certainly limited. But after the fact, you know, after menstruation starts, there's lots of possibilities. For men, I know one thing that I do, almost all of my male diabetic patients, I put them all on testosterone. Now there's a lot of controversy, which we'll talk about on another episode later on about testosterone and cardiovascular disease and some of the risks there, which we don't agree with, right? There's some research that can out and it was kind of skewed and the study wasn't very good and you know all of a sudden men are stopping their testosterone just kind of like women did back in the early parts of 2001 for the women's health initiative but really it's kind of unfounded and i've noticed just clinically that their diabetes gets better when they're on testosterone and i use a very particular protocol which is why i do that because the protocol you know i'm not just giving them injections or something there's a very specific process that makes their diabetes better over time so that's another situation where you wouldn't think that you could give hormones hormone replacement therapy for diabetes but it certainly does work and it is effective 
Yeah. So like we said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, uh, BHRT is not just about menopausal females, you know, it, it really opens up the gamut to, you know, depending on the person, but it really opens up the gamut to male or female ages. Like you even said, like even, you know, female hormones, you wouldn't put young people on it, but you know, thyroid growth hormone, it runs the gamut in terms of ages. Yeah. Right. And when you're thinking of hormones, you have to think that your body, your entire body runs on hormones. The immune system runs on hormones. The digestive tract runs on hormones. Our sex drive, our reproduction runs on hormones. Our metabolism runs on hormones. Everything runs by hormones. So besides just like you said, the menopausal symptoms, there's lots of impact that can be had by implementing some type of hormone replacement. It doesn't have to just be estrogen, progesterone. So we kind of take that for granted sometimes. We take this idea that we, these tools that we have at our disposal, we kind of take it for granted. And I think sometimes people don't really understand the breadth of how many possibilities there really are that can be tailored to someone's exact, very specific situation. And that's why we decided to do this episode. Yeah. So who is a BHRT candidate? Now, of course, there is who is not a BHRT candidate. And that would be, you know, another, you know, probably more than 30 minutes to go into that, which is why if you were to say, you know what, I think, you know, I think I want to look into BHRT is, is, you know, you want to find a qualified practitioner an experienced practitioner that can differentiate if you are truly a candidate for it, or maybe if you aren't, because there are plenty of people that are not candidates for BHRT. Yeah. And just because a doctor has told you that you're not a candidate for hormones, if they're not prescribing them on a regular basis, I would not listen to their opinion. Because just with that women's health initiative that came out in the early part of 2000, 2001, across the board, there's still this mentality that all hormones are bad. And that's not something that we subscribe to whatsoever. There's a definite distinction between what that study was based around, the types of hormones that are given, the conjugated equine estrogens and the progestins versus bioidentical hormone replacement. It's completely different. It's not the same comparison. And, and we're, you know, we're right now we're in the middle with this baby boomer kind of influx that's happening and we're just in the middle of it. It's just, it's continuing. The population is aging all the time. I heard some really strange statistics, like how many people turn 65 or, you know, 45 or whatever it is. And it's like thousands of them on a daily basis. So we're not even at the peak of this baby boomer generation yet that, it's only going to keep getting bigger and we keep learning more and more about how we can, you know, how we can help people. And people really are not, they're not satisfied with settling for the way it used to be, right? Which I, I respect. I think people should be at that way in this country in 2017 and beyond. So I think that's great. Yeah, no, definitely. Like you said, if somebody isn't prescribing hormones as a regular basis, they may not be the opinion you want to go with. So, but definitely, you know, you want to do your research and make sure you find a qualified practitioner. Like for example, I had a patient call me, you know, not too long ago, maybe it was about a year and a half ago. I had, I had her on pregnenolone. Pregnenolone is a beautiful hormone that comes from the adrenal glands. I think it's one of the unsung heroes of the adrenal glands when you're trying to treat somebody with adrenal dysfunction. And I had her on just a low amount of pregnenolone, like 20 milligrams. And she calls me because her doctor started screaming at her that you cannot be on this prednisone or on this steroid. He didn't say prednisone. He said steroid. You cannot be on this steroid. It's going to cause problems later down the road. And you were on 20 milligrams of this steroid. You know, he was just frothing at the mouth and, and she's crying and she's calling me up saying, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't. And she said, yeah, he said, I can't be on the pregnenolone, pregnenolone. It turned out he meant 
prednisone. He didn't know what the word was she was trying to say. So when she said pregnenolone, he interpreted it as prednisone, which is completely different because of course you would not want to be on 20 milligrams of prednisone in a continuous basis, unless you had some severe autoimmune disease or sarcoidosis or something. So it was just, you know, he didn't know what the word was. He had no idea what pregnenolone is, which I understand because a lot of people don't, and she didn't know how to explain it to him. So it was just one of those kind of weird, confusing things where I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not, you know, so I just had to clarify that. Yeah, right. And those, you know, unfortunately, those types of situations happen more often than not, where there's, you know, like I said, with the Women's Health Initiative, there's this idea that all hormones are bad, and that's not really the case at all. So, you know, like I said, be a little bit judicious as where you get information and opinions from. Make sure that the people that you're getting information from know what they're talking about. That's exactly why we're doing this podcast. We've been doing this a very long time, and we feel, not to toot our own harm, but we feel that we're fairly good at it because we do know what we're doing and just to help kind of clarify some of those misinterpretations. So if that ever did happen to someone listening to the podcast and their doctor started freaking out, you know, they could just rest assured that it's just just a misunderstanding and it was maybe more of a a typographical error or just a misread error more than anything else as opposed to it being something dangerous. So hopefully this was uh, relatively short and fast, but our point was just to make people realize that men, women, young, old, everyone in between is a potential candidate given the situation, given the circumstances, and making sure that there's no contraindications to hormone replacement. There certainly are some of those, and that will save for another episode as well. So any last few things to add, Dr. Davidson? Oh, no, no, this was great. So if you have any questions about this, maybe you're wondering if you are a candidate or not, you can send emails to help at progressurehealth.com. Otherwise, until another episode, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progressure Health Podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressurehealth.com.